There's so much to be grateful for if we remember how wonderful the world can be. Each morning, we can choose joy as an act of revolution. Hello, and welcome to This Poem's For You, the show where we learn the story behind a poem, meet the person who inspired it, and surprise them with a new original poem written on the spot. I'm Molly Thornton, and in the lockdowns of the pandemic, I worked with West Hollywood City Poet Laureate Brian Sonia Wallace to create a poetry hotline that enabled people to call in during Pride Month to have a poem written for them by an LGBTQ poet on the topic of their choice. Today, Brian is speaking with Jonathan, who first met Brian behind the typewriter several years ago. When calling into the poetry hotline, Jonathan sought a love poem for his wife, Sunshine. One year later, the poem seems to have ushered in an unexpected surprise for the couple. What Jonathan doesn't know is that the original pride poet who crafted his ode last year is listening in to write them a new poem based on the update he gives here. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to This Poem Is For You. I'm Brian Sonia Wallace, uh, pronouns he, him, they, theirs, and I am the founder of Pride Poets and Rent Poet, and we write custom poems on typewriters for people like you all over the country. Today, I am joined by Jonathan Rios. Jonathan, how's it going? It's so blessed. So blessed beyond all measure, Brian. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, would you give us a paint, paint a little picture of, of uh, what your day is is doing up until this point? What are you coming in with today? Whew. Uh, so today I have three little ones that are ages four and under. So I have a one and a half month old, a two year old and a three and a half year old. So this morning has been uh, little tiny booty cheeks with no pants running around the house. Um, we also were working on a little Beethoven on the piano. And and a lot of yelling uh, regarding uh, cheese that was that was cut up when she wanted a whole piece of cheese. That sounds, that's very upsetting. I can, see, <laughs> I can understand the yelling. That's incredible. Oh my goodness. I can, yeah, I feel, I feel the warmth from that. And you uh, called into the Pride Poets hotline last year. Is that right? It is. Yes. Uh, what a, what a timely, what a timely time to have, to have something such as that. It was like, it was like the Tarzan rope that just dropped out of the forest when humanity needed that, it felt like. Can you tell me more about that? Like what was going on uh, in, in your life in the world at the time when you called in? Yeah, so it was, it was interesting. It was almost like this, like two, two sides of uh, humanity's coin in a way, because uh, a year ago when this happened, uh, my, my, my beloved wife, uh, Sunshine, and I, we, uh, we had two, two children. Uh, we had just decided, you know what? I think this is our family. We're good to go for this. Uh, we we're just settling into our new home. Uh, you know, work is going well. Uh, it was almost, it, it was like a visual of someone soaking in a spa or a jacuzzi with your arms on the side <laughs> or, or like someone marinating themselves in steak juice for all. Like it, it was just, we were marinating in love and, and just appreciation. That time was like a deep breath. Ah, <sighs> and so, so that was in our household, but then 
door knocking, uh, a professional negotiator. I door knock back and forth in Los Angeles, and then seeing seeing the dichotomy of the the pain of of humanity and the stress that people were feeling, not just with finances, but societally, and uh, you know the the isolation that people were feeling right. uh, when. When, when we called when we called the hotline, it, it, it follow me on this analogy, but it, but initially it almost felt like it was a a suicide hotline, and but then the, but then you hear the options and it's like oh this is instead of waiting till someone gets to that point of of needing a suicide hotline, it was almost like a precursor, like oh you could just you could just call this and this is the uh, mental health and therapy that you need. Uh, to get a little bit of the best of humanity when being inundated by all of the negative news and stuff at the time. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. And then you're, I mean, you're coming in like hot and thick with, uh, with the analogies, with the metaphors. So I have to ask before we get into um, hearing the poem that you had written for you and getting into that story, I'd love if you could just share a little bit of your own relationship with writing. I mean, what was your, your interaction, your relationship with poetry before uh, calling in? So much, so much. I've I've been around words and books. I feel like they were the imaginary steps that saved me from the depths of what could have been a bad a bad life. You know, I was always pushed towards uh, towards books and reading, and there was an appreciation of that. I felt like I was I was truly immersed by that. You know, one one fateful night. I don't know if how how in depth you want me to go on our on our meeting <laughs> on the streets of Venice Beach. Uh, you know, at two in the morning on a Friday under this darkness, except for this. Uh, you know, cone uh, from a from a street light, and below it was this singular figure in a in a newsy cap with his pea coat, sitting at a folding table with an old school typewriter, like clink 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 clink. I, I walk over like it was like this this mythical oracle that just popped up, and, and it, it was you. And I said, you know, yeah, I would need a poem. And, and at that time, uh, you asked, you know, what what do you need a poem about? And I just got out of a relationship, so I asked for a poem about love because it was it was like love was lost. The sea just knocked over the sandcastle that I've been building. You know, mm -hmm. what's the point? And you said, I think I have a poem for you. And you sat down and you put an index card in and you you pounded it out. This is maybe what, 2015, maybe 2014? Uh, and you read it to me and and I said, This is incredible. We we should be friends. And the rest is the rest is history. I started writing uh, you know, regularly a little bit more at that point. And then ended up just performing for different different things across Los Angeles and across the country. Yeah, it's been so cool to get to see from that first meeting, like you and your writing practice kind of developing and blossoming. And I'm curious then calling into the hotline and having kind of talking to a person who you you didn't know and hadn't met. What was it like getting a poem from them? Yeah, so with Miss Deng, got a personal poem from Miss Deng. And it was interesting not knowing her because I feel like I know a lot of, or we know a lot of poets uh, in Los Angeles. And if there's an event, usually someone knows my beloved wife, Sunshine. Uh, so, so to have a poet in Los Angeles that had neither seen her or met me, uh, it, it was just like, a blank canvas to, to allow me to gush without it looking like bragging about how much I love my wife. <laughs> I know? love that so much. On, on that note, um, Jonathan, would you share the, the poem that, uh, that Jaira wrote? Yes. Yes. I think true love can happen when we least expect it. Hurtling around the corner, a stranger who then becomes a lover. Impossible things happen when we allow ourselves to dream limitlessly and follow the trail of coincidences. 
There's so much to be grateful for if we remember how wonderful the world can be. Each morning, we can choose joy as an act of revolution. Deny our worst fears the pleasure of taking real hold in our minds. Tomorrow is infinite. We are boundless, leaping into the future. Mm, we are boundless, leaping into the future. I love that. What was what came up when you were talking with Jaira? What was it that you were were telling them on the on the hotline? Well, like I said, it was at a time where we were marinating in everything that that we had just either accomplished or been through, and that that we've uh, blossomed into, despite uh, what was going on currently in society. So when my 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 wife and I first met, we were working at this billion dollar uh, real estate investment company in Los Angeles. Uh, the first time I laid eyes on her, I was just like, oh my, oh my good, uh, actually. The first time I laid eyes on her, the only thing I saw was the top of her head because she was sitting behind a deck, desk reading a really thick book. So I, I went up and I'm kind of a book nerd. So I said, uh, excuse me, miss, uh, you know, what are you reading? And she looked up and I was, I felt like Fred Sanford. I don't know if I'm uh, dating myself, but oh Lord, help me. Oh, I'm having a heart attack. Well, we started talking about the book. We ended up starting a, a library together because of our mutual love of books. But at the time she was dating, uh, she was dating a woman and they were living together in Long Beach. So my immediate attraction to her, you know, just visually, physically turned into a ton of support. It just like, like a light switch switched off because my mom's gay and she raised me as a single mom. And, you know, she, it, we struggled, but she always did what was needed just to get to the next day. One day it was, it was okay. It's time to collect these, these books. We have, you know, over a hundred books. We built the shelf. We have a place in the, in the office for it. And she said, we, we should probably take inventory. Why don't, why don't we do that on a Sunday at the office? I'm like, Oh, well, that's a good idea. So I show up and there's nobody else in the office. It's just her, her and I sitting across and tons and tons of piles of books. And I'm like, so what's new? And she's like, well, my girlfriend and I broke up and I said, what are we doing here? In, taking inventory of books. Let's let's go have a drink. And uh, you know, a after that, the rest is history. We ended up being together every day since, and uh, you know, engaged, fell in love, the whole fairy book romance. Wow! Oh my goodness! I guess to t to tie that together it would be, you know, it, everything comes back around, and it shows uh, like the fluidity of love, and uh, and just how we just put our arms around each other. Everything will unfold as 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 it may. I guess. I love that. And I think I understand uh, in the poem, uh, the idea of, you know, impossible things and happy coincidences, like those. What are the chances? Take on, yeah. Take on new meaning as you share the, the story behind them. The other line that, that really struck me, because I feel like it's such a, a mission statement of pride poets that I wondered if you could could share a little more about is this idea of choosing joy as an act of revolution. I love that line so much. And I'm curious how how that came out of that conversation. Yeah, so uh, you know, she, uh, Miss Miss uh, Jira Jan Deng, uh, when we were talking, she was kind of taken aback at like kind of I guess the romanticism of of it. I mean, I kind of in general, I I, I navigate the world through rose colored glasses in general because I've I've experienced a lot. Uh, I've experienced what it's like to have no lenses or to have your eyes closed. Uh, so if you you can have one thing in front of 10 different people and get 10 different answers for what it is that they see, you know? So I'm, I'm less grounded in the way that I believe things. And I'm always kind of trying to open up to, to what the possibility is. However, if with each moment that you're creating, you are not shooting for a target, then you are susceptible to other people's interpretations to create that moment. Whereas 
as you, as the person that's experiencing the things, when you have a moment, if you are always trying for the best or seeing the best in other people and treating them with that sort of respect right out of the gate, you'd be surprised how that buoys other people's interactions and how they go about getting their spirits lifted and then trying to act in that elevated, respectful state so that you start quantifying and like multiplying these effects and it becomes this like the best possible outcome of life or at least not the worst outcome you know if you sit there with your arms across uh, across your chest and you're you know being cynical about things then you know oh you're gonna you're gonna not be surprised when the worst happens but you're uh, missing out on the potential it's like lost opportunity costs on the best possible outcome in life if you're not swimming towards it I love that. Yeah. The idea of, of having a target to shoot for is swimming towards something. And I'm wondering, it's been a, a year now or yeah, it's been a year now since this, uh, this poem was written. And I wonder if you are swimming toward or shooting for new things. Like how has that changed in the, in the- <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what an ironic choice of words swimming to or shooting towards something because I just got a vasectomy this week. Congratulations. Thank you. So no more, no more swimmers, no more, you know, <laughs> no and, more and that. all because a year since this, since this uh, cursed, I mean, blessed poem, since this <laughs> blessed poem, it was like, it was literally the week that we got this delivered that we found out or that we decided my wife, uh, you know, I think two, two is enough. We received this poem in a week. We uh, had a pregnancy test and we expected our third. So since this poem, we conceived had another one, and now she's almost two months old. Oh no! So the, the poem got your wife pregnant. The poem got my wife pregnant. Oh. Yeah, so 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 you have to be you have to be careful. It's like a like a gift and a curse. We have to figure out who's going to catch the garter. You know, as I throw the poem over my shoulder, uh, who's going to be the next one? Yeah. So so when it come when it when you reread it and it says uh, you know tomorrow is infinite, we are boundless, leaping into the future, and you know just talking about trust and limitless and all that stuff. It's like, how did we even think that us sitting in that marinade for that, for that, at that point in time was going to be it? Right. Oh my goodness. So yeah, if you were, if you were to get an update on this poem, like if you were to call back right now, what, what would you want to add to it? Or what would you want to change in that initial, that initial story that you told? Whew. Yikes. I would it would actually probably be be somewhat of the opposite, maybe, you know, whereas this initial poem focused on the potential of opportunity and being able to create the magic in the moment and being open to what's possible. Whereas having so many, I mean, we're outnumbered now, my wife and I, we're outnumbered. So there's, <laughs> it's like, I got one, you got the other. Oh no, the other one's running directly into the street. Uh, it would less focus on the possibility of creating the opportunity in the moment. And I think it would be more focused on the stability of the consistency of knowing what I'm going to get every single time in so many different ways, knowing that at the very least, she doesn't have to, we don't have to agree with each other at every single time, but I also know that she is going into a moment seeing the best possible outcome also. And that is something that I, I mean, that, that's, it's irreplaceable. How do you, how do you find, or how do you build that, that consistency, that stability? Talk, talking it out loud for sure. It's almost like if you, if a relationship is like playing catch football, basketball, or, or you know, a Frisbee, whatever it is, there, there's one thing, if you're throwing it back and forth to two people that are stationary. And then there's one thing, if you're like, all right, Brian, you know, go, you know, take, 
go go 10 steps and then make a left and I'll throw it to you. And you run out. And as soon as you turn, the ball's right there. You know, that's that's uh, like uh, proactive forward communication is what I, how I think of it. So so it's like, hey, this is this is this is how I saw that. This is where I'm going. Oh, that's how you saw that. Oh, I saw it like this. Oh, I guess that could have also been that. Now that I see that it could have been two different ways. What do you think? Oh, I think this. OK, boom. And that's and that's how you keep it going. Jonathan, this is a gay podcast. How dare you bring a football analogy into it? <laughs> Hacky sack. What is it? A, a, a smush ball. A smush ball. If you're, sure if you're a switch and you're changing off who's top and who's bottom, no, I'm just <laughs> uh, is there is there something that you'd want to like tell Sunshine right now, just in in this moment? Oh man! You know, if there's a new poem, what what, what do you want her to know in it? If there's a, if there's a new poem, man. If there's a new poem for Sunshine, it would probably be all silence because she is so magnificent. I think the poem would be just like sixty seconds of silence because any words minimizes the greatness of who she is. Is how I think that would be at this point. Okay, okay. I'm curious with with this initial poem because it's sort of a recounting of your relationship. Like, what what did you end up doing with it? Yeah, so uh, great question. I collect these poems on index cards, and they're almost like talismans, and it's almost like a mental checkpoint. So with ours, we did almost in our bedroom. We almost have this uh, this ofrenda like setup in our bedroom of of our love. So there's like a, a scroll that's wrapped with a gold rope. That that when I proposed to Sunshine, I you know super dramatic, right? I know. I'm super extra. I just un- I unraveled this scroll that I'm holding it before me, like I'm proclaiming something from the yes. you know 1500s. So this is this is where this poem sits uh, by Miss Dang, uh, our love poem. So it sits right along right along our little love ofrenda in our bedroom. When you look back at this poem now on on the ofrenda where it lives, what's the feeling that you get? What's the emotion that comes to you with it? Man, you know, it changes over time, honestly. Uh, do we have time to, to tell a little story, wax poetic a little bit? Go for it. One of the people that had the biggest impact in my life was my old high school cheerleading coach. I was a male cheerleader back in the day for a long time. I was in Bring It On movies. I cheered for the Clippers. I would travel across the country. But my first male cheerleading coach was uh, a gay, Italian, black man from Texas, if you can imagine that accent. And he was the most dynamic, phenomenally talented gymnast and just person uh, in general. Uh, he w- was the first consistent, positive male mo- male role model that I had in my life. Someone that had gone to college, someone that you know read and was intelligent and he was able to communicate extremely well. It was like, oh, this is what a man could be like. Oh, that's interesting. And and Ross. My coach, uh, he, uh, I was a sophomore in high school and I just wanted to be a mascot. I'm like, oh, I just want to be that idiot in a, in a costume, just run up and down. He's like, no, 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 come over here. Look, see this girl, grab her by the waist, throw her up in there. It's like, okay, when do I show up for practice? This is great. So we ended up like doing extremely well. So fast forward to just recently, two weeks ago, he got a blood clot in his heart. He was in ICU. They weren't sure if he was going to make it. He wasn't breathing on his own for three weeks. They just, uh, so so everyone just like all the cheerleaders mobilized. So we, everyone like massively sent cards and whatnot. I dug out one of my old cheerleading sweaters and the one of the old cheerleaders that's there put the old cheerleading uniform on him. So he had like the healing power. Of, so now now that this has happened in the last two weeks, seeing, seeing this poem and, you know, having it, uh, you know, be pride poets, 
and be interacting with you. It's like it's like uh, you know reinforcement of of how much support the gay community has been for me to become the man that I've been. It's like this the community. I, I speak out to support and try and give them a voice because I felt like they were so integral in giving me a voice when I was younger and then continuing to this day. We actually have one last thing for you. We have a little surprise waiting in the wings through this conversation. Original poet who wrote this poem, Jaira, if you want to uh, to pop on. All right. Jaira. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. We've seen it every day since it arrived. Wow. That's amazing. Jaira has been working, working tirelessly while we've been talking to uh, create a poetic update for you. Oh, what a great surprise. Thank you. So excited to invite them on to share, uh, to share their work, Jaira. All right. So um, I wrote an updated poem for you. And here I go. These days, I want to sit in the quiet with you. In the mornings of just silent waiting before the world wakes. I'm patient. I'm the man who chooses his words carefully out of his toolbox. My every praise to you is a promise, and I do not know where my wonder ends. How lucky we are to be in love. How lucky we are to have found each other. How lucky. I used to wish for tomorrow to come sooner, and all I can do now is bask in your presence. Like birds flocking in the wind, despite the push and pull, my home is wherever you are. Oh, Miss Dang, ladies and gentlemen. Bravo, bravo. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. What a treat. Oh, my goodness. Jaira, how was it writing this poem? How was how was that process for you? I was like actually really enjoying hearing you both talk about what the poem meant in the context of like what you were going through at that time. And I was so like enmeshed in the storytelling that I, I kind of forgot I was supposed to be writing at the same time <laughs> here at the end. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta like finish up this poem. And I'm like, oh, it was kind of anxiety inducing, but it was so nice. Like, I really just love hearing where everyone is at in their like stage of life with love. And there is this like, um, I think obsession in our culture with love that's like super dramatic and always like rah, 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 you know, very like high paced intensity. And I loved hearing you talk about like how your love is now this like deeper and matured love where now you are are looking towards the consistency and towards like the towards the everyday and the mundane. And those are not necessarily things that are bad, but rather just like things that um, have become commonplace and are now kind of like your love isn't like the crazy rushing waters, you know, your love is more constant and sure, like there's like a foundation towards it. Well said. I I, I think of it as uh, like a hundred shoulder touches as you walk by through the day versus, you know, one, one fancy dinner out. And Jaira, I would love to ask you as a pride poet about your process in writing for other people. How, is, how has that been for you? I, I know you were doing this before kind of coming into the hotline, but I'd love to hear how, how it fits into your practice. 
I think there's something really beautiful about writing for other people where I feel like there is this kind of serendipity because as I was writing the line, these days I want to sit in the quiet with you, you talked like a, like a few minutes later, you were talking about how you love just like the quiet with your wife. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> You know, because we're, like, we're connected, right? We're connected <laughs> virtually, but like I am, I am sort of sensing or anticipating what people are going to say, and then that somehow manifests through the poems. And there's, and I've never had anyone tell me like, "Oh, this poem sucks," or like, "I don't like this poem." <laughs> it's like literally the best feeling in the world when you write something for someone because it really is it's like, it's really priceless. Like you have something that um, you made for someone and it means so much to them because you wrote it specifically for them. It's like one of the best experiences ever as a poet because um, then it makes poetry writing a lot less solitary and it makes it so that you have this immediate reaction to your work, right? Because some sometimes as like poets, we'll spend like a whole year working on a poem workshopping it, sending it off to journals in the hopes that it might be published and then people like the larger public will be able to read it. But when you're writing that poem for some one single person, your your goal is to make that person, that one person feel something, which sometimes feels even more powerful than writing a poem that will impress a large group of people, right? So I think at the end of the day, like the poems that I write for other people in this sort of like way are that much more and more meaningful and more powerful because it's like, it's like really this connection between you and then someone else. That's for those who can't see that's Jonathan snapping well in true poetry form. Well said, beautiful, beautifully said. Well, thank you both so much uh, for coming on the pod, Jonathan, for sharing your story, Jaira, for sharing your your art and a, a little bit of your process. Thanks all for listening. And remember that wherever you're at in your life, there's a poem for that. And this poem's for you. Thanks for listening to This Poems For You. If you like what you heard, pass this episode along to a friend and rate and review the show. It really helps us spread poetry. You can tag and follow us at Pride Poets on Instagram and find out more at rentpoet.com slash pridepoets. This Poems For You is created by me, Molly Thornton, and Brian Sonia Wallace. Theme music is by Sonder Choi, and cover art is by Adrian Rodriguez. Pride Poets is supported by a grant from the City of West Hollywood's Arts Division as part of the city's We Hope Pride LGBTQ Arts Festival. Find out more at www.weho.org pride. We acknowledge our presence on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the peoples known as Tongva, Keech, or Gabrieleño, past, present, and emerging. Join us next time for more Poetry Reunions.